0: Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe, my name is Ed Piskor. I'm Jim Rugg. And uh, we showed Billy Kincaid's first appearance uh, not too long ago. You gotta show a second appearance. Kitty Killer Kincaid. Yes, by way of
1: an Alan Moore written script, man. It's a good setup for a story because like, who's better to be sent to hell than uh, Kitty Killer Kincaid? So it's kind of a perfect, uh, kind of perfect follow-up to issue number five. And I guess, Ed, you've talked about in the past it seems like uh, that Billy Kincaid story comes about because Alan Moore had this idea in place, and, and I must have shared it with Todd, and uh, they needed Billy Kincaid set up. Yeah, I wonder like how it all worked out. Uh, really, like it would be great to, to
0: talk to Todd about that because I was thinking about this week. You know, that was I was just um, reiterating information that 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 came to us by way of like comment sections with with no, with no sor- sources cited or anything like that. Uh, one thing that I wonder is like did. Uh, Alan Moore create this script, Todd McFarlane saw it and then scrapped his issue 5 based on the script that he read rather than talking things back and forth with, with Alan Moore and so then he gave you an origin of this character that
1: I little more creative, I don't know. Yeah, right, it, it, it's worth saying the I don't know part because you know part of the clues is that the solicitation for issue five you can find, and yeah. it doesn't really mention Billy Kincaid, so something changed somewhere, but it's so hard to tell in those early days of Image exactly what was going on. You know, It feels like they're laying down track right as the train's you know rolling in behind them, so. That's a monthly comic knows? grind, man. Yeah, exactly. That is the monthly comic grind. Worth noting in this cover, of course, the homage to Spider-Man 1, and uh, why not? Sell three million copies with a really cool, iconic cover. Other people are aping it. You might as well get in on some of that. His, uh, e-
0: his, his column for Wizard Magazine was called Ego. <laughs> McFarlane after me. The, the one interesting conceit is, like, uh, you know, Spider-Man's up there suspended in uh, webs while he's hunkered down in this pose and uh, you see the shadow underneath here in this kind of plain background. I like to think that he's just in the Olin Mills studio, this Spawn <laughs> right here. And the, and the photographer says, strike a pose, man. So you could replace this right here with that little Olin Mills logo that was in all of our family photos in the early 80s. I
1: need somebody to Photoshop this really bad with like the, uh, the kind of the rustic background behind Spawn sitting there pose. Rustic background, <laughs> maybe do a faded version of this face really,
0: really big behind it. Make that shit happen, Fabers. <clears throat> that's hilarious. Also, this is the first issue of the Spawn Vault Edition number two, and rereading this issue made me feel like we're going to have to do a Sunday video uh, taking a look at,
1: at that back half of uh, Todd McFarlane's complete Spawn work. You know what, man? I'll put this out here. Todd McFarlane, apex of Todd McFarlane art, first year of Spawn. Yeah. So, you know, for my money, that's, 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 it's great that that's what we have in Vault Edition. Totally. Cartoonist Kayfabe is subsidized by the comic books that we
0: make. Jim Rugg and I are Eisner award-winning cartoonists who, when we're not doing our YouTube stuff, busy at the drawing table, working on our latest comics. Hulk316 says that's the date that you pick up Jim Rugg's Hulk Grand Design Monster in March and Madness in April. 40 pages of comics uh, in each of those two issues. A high-octane distillation of 40 years worth of Incredible Hulk lore. Probably what, four or five hundred issues worth of
1: material, Jimmy? Five hundred (laughs) issues, and I've been going through them all week, making final uh, edits for that first issue.
0: I'm thinking we're gonna have more Hulk videos on uh, the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, but look at these incredible covers, you're not gonna miss them on the racks. Uh, First issues coming buttressed with a heap of variant covers. Uh, first off, we'll take a look at the AEP variant by way of Todd McFarlane and the Herb Trimpe, John Romita design of that OG. When are we going to bring back the whiskers Wolverine, man?
1: <laughs> also the button nose. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it
0: is very important. Now the cute little beep. Marcos Martin does a variant cover of a Great Hulk transition sequence. Man, love the line work on that middle curvy piece. And the Peach Momoko uh, variant cover, The Cottage Industry Unto Herself has provided a She-Hulk, Incredible Hulk variant, man, where she is holding up that little Volkswagen <laughs> like it ain't nothing, man. What else you got to say about it, Jimmy? Anything?
1: That's about it, man. I'm sending my final edits to for print to Marvel tomorrow, so whenever you see this video, they've already gone out, and uh, you, know, you know the drill, Ed, that last week before you actually send this off to the printer, it is everything every idea that you hope to get in there every note that I had for myself like I am working round the clock here I'm in the last uh, 48 hours of this I don't want to call it a grind it's more of like the the, the the kick at the end of the race to get this thing to be the, uh, the the extra 10% you put in at the end that we hear the great cartoonists talk about that's what I'm aiming for right now so it's all excitement on my end for it and 316 All I need is Stone Cold to retweet it now and I feel like this journey is complete.
0: (laughs) I am not impressed by the way that Marvel uh, promotes anything, man, let alone uh, the King Kayfabers' Hulk grand design, so it's up to the Kayfabe audience, man, to show up in a big way and make this thing an incredible success. Red Room, the Antisocial Network, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is my comic that I've been putting my energies to lately. The first trade paperback, uh, The Antisocial Network, is in stores uh, today. If you didn't get that first uh, four-issue mini-series, or you want to get your hands on some extras in the meantime before my next round comes out, you got to get the trade paperback because there's about 70 pages of extra material, behind-the-scenes commentary, uh, and a, a, a complete kind of quick and dirty comic that has uh, been drawn as a kind of a first draft of what Red Room might have been. Uh, in stores now, going quick, get your hands on it ASAP. And coming actually uh, March 9th, man, a week before your uh, Hulk Grand Design comic is uh, Trigger Warnings. Issue 1 is going to be coming out. Same deal as the previous round of Red Room comics. Every issue is completely self-contained. Uh, You're going to get a complete story in each issue. This first issue is going to be the Rat Queen story that I have up there on Patreon right now if you want to hit hit that up. Uh, Another round of uh, variant covers for this as well. Here's the Eddie P variant going for like a kind of a, 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 a book cover vibe with that piece. Peach Momoko does her variant cover and the great Jim Rugg provides his retail incentive variant cover by way of Robert Crumb's Zap Comics Zero. Jimmy and I have link trees in the description below this video where you can get to all of our links, including our Patreons, where Jim is putting up uh, some pretty compelling behind-the-scenes material on his Patreon, and I'm serializing the Red Room comics before they hit paper. Hit those links uh, below, and uh, now that we're done paying our bills, back to the video. Totally, man. This issue dedicated to Don and Maggie Thompson. Still a Malibu
1: comic. How about that, Jimmy? They're they're there for a year. I don't know how many issues Todd actually got out in that first year, but uh, pretty good. Eight issues, man. Some of these guys barely got one out. So, one of the things worth noting too with the issue five with the Kitty Killer
0: Kincaid finger painting and all of that. Uh, Wendy, his wife, was the editor on all the earlier stuff, and I freaking knew that that was the issue that uh, that she decided I'm not I'm not editing your stuff anymore. But we didn't mention it. Uh, in, in in that video. We are talking about in like, Todd, Tom Wierzykowski comes on the hook um, around that time, but it's in all the documentaries. You know, it's in the Todd McFarlane documentary, like Wendy herself talking about that issue. Like, I'm done. I'm done with that, man. Go do your thing. Make us some money, man. Build that extra wing onto our mansion. But I don't want to look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> you know totally understand that. <laughs> that shit is Carmela Soprano. Like, uh, yeah, keep building onto the house, but I don't want to know how you make the money.
1: That's right. Yeah, uh, I that that hits close to home. I'm sure there's a lot of comics makers out there who have a spouse that feels similar, regardless of the content. So here, I, we heard from Tom or- Orzakowski posted some comments on that issue because he does come that. on as editor. So, um, interesting to see, you know, the the team kind of stepping up, and I'm glad to see Orzakowski in there. Uh, i think most of his editing was uh kind of grammar type stuff you know correcting spellings here and there punctuation what have you which makes sense to me as a letterer because i spent all week making edits on hulk grand design and almost all of it is in you know it's a period i missed here it's a comma instead of a dash Uh, i bet as a letterer you get pretty good at that
0: (laughs) i really hope so because uh i still have such big uh big Editing notes whenever I finish an issue or a book or something like that. There are things I should just do the opposite of everything I think I'm supposed to do with a comma. If I just do the complete opposite, (laughs) uh, I will have perfect uh, grammar on the page. Now, we did, I think, every other issue of, like, guest-written comics from that period of 8 through um, 10 or 11. Uh, But this is the first, issue number 8, written by Alan Moore. And the cool thing about... Todd McFarlane working with these guys is based on stuff like the No Game and Depositions. Uh, he's telling them, write what you want and I'll draw it. So we're seeing um, Todd McFarlane's artistic ability stretched a little bit. If it was left to his own devices, he wouldn't be drawing, uh, you know, guys in purgatory or hell or whatever inside little like dew drops with uh, such cool kind of backgrounds and stuff. He wouldn't d- come up with this idea. Shades of
1: Matrix, uh, t- a decade early.
0: Yeah, that's for sure, man. And just the, the the visuals on these pages. Like, he's working with these fresh writers who, you know,
1: have ideas of, like, proper story structure and all of that. But he's still able to make those pages super interesting. This story in particular reminds me of, like, an old DC horror comic story. Um, you know, it has, like, a bit of an anthology feel. We're following Billy Kincaid through hell. Uh, you know, what happens after Spawn gets <laughs> dispatches him in issue five is, is where this story goes. And it just it has that that feeling to me of um, you know, we're not really this isn't a spawn comic in the sense of spawn is front and center on every page. It's much more of like let's follow one of these characters as they kind of go through this world a little bit, the yeah. spawn world. No dingus and shadow <laughs> right there, man. <laughs> You know, your, your thing about the writers, it reminds me of the interview in, in the Comics Journal, which we covered with Todd McFarlane, and he talks about how, like, he would never give a writer uh, some sort of critical feedback. That's the writer's job, and conversely, he doesn't want to hear any drawing input from the writer Right. Uh, whenever he was working as a penciler and writer. So probably just keeps that philosophy, you know, and applies it to these four guest-written issues. Uh, this is Alan Moore's, you know, Dante's eight
0: circles of hell or as he calls them spheres (laughs) and uh, I don't think hell is mentioned uh, explicitly but Billy Kincaid he's not alone he's with a gang of other people who are gonna be getting dispatched one by one another one of these panels where you have foreground middle ground background but like why not just color in those silhouettes to separate the stuff I guess you don't get Steve Olive to color it orange. If you do that,
1: I read this page wrong whenever I was rereading it. In that I read down here, and I think you're supposed to read across. Oh, geez, and then that's across no good across the bottom, right? Because that's one continuous panel at the bottom.
0: Yeah, it's no good for comics. Like that's that's the shit where you know your 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 girlfriend, your your homeboy, uh, you give them comics and they say I don't know how to read comics. It's it's shit like that, man. Like and and this kind of thing happens far too much in comics, and and you are a professional comic book reader, and if that confuses you, that's a problem. We should put some tracing paper down on this face here. <laughs> trace off the basic structure of the head, trace off that eyeball, try to figure out where that other eye goes. A little cyclopean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know who this is, man. This is a continuation of Preacher. Remember little Billy Bob had that sister? She, we don't live forever. I think you're right. When I was a little dude, though, man, I thought that little piece right there was a little nip slip, man. It's funny for you to say that,
1: considering how much shading is applied to the nipples in that drawing. I know, right? There's, there's a lot going on there.
0: Yeah. But look, she has two two hard nips, too, man. Maybe that's part of her demon, demon-ness. And Todd's hair, man. Like, when we were kids, hair, drawing the hairstyles on your rogue and storm was just like whatever a bunch of lines I still can't draw that stuff well and uh it's because we were copying this kind of <laughs> shit pimp and his his future writers man his stable iceberg slim he's got a bunch of bunch of hoes in the stable
1: and these ads were popular enough that people would do their versions of this ad layout like it, in wizard and stuff you'd see savage dragon doing these things um interesting you know it's like mcfarland's design background i suppose marketing acumen, whatever. Uh, he did a series of these. I mean, that might have been the first year's worth ran that way.
0: I would say that this is probably the first Alan Moore comic that I've ever read. And when I see these names real big, getting the co-sign from one of my favorite cartoonists at the time, Todd McFarlane, this had meaning. When, I, when I'm when i at the flea market and stuff, and, and if I see this guy's name that was printed real big in a Spawn comic, I'm going to pick it up regardless and, and check it out, yeah. man, because of Todd McFarlane's co-sign at the time
1: worth noting too that uh, to me that black white and green works great yeah we've seen a lot of bad ads in wizard magazine and whatnot that's a good looking ad at least you can read everything on it very clearly
0: isn't this the the,
1: the color scheme
0: of that one peter david todd mcfarlane uh character who helps kill the suicidal people in in that hulk run that they did she has kind of like an orange purple kind of Kind of vibe in that man yeah, yeah, issue.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, not a big character in the in 500 issues of the Hulk, but yes. uh you're right. <laughs> you that's know, you, a good memory, Ed.
0: Well, you know what? I mean, like that Todd McFarlane Hulk was really probably like the first mind blowing comics that, that I ever got my hands on in my life, man. And 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 I think that issue was like the first one. So you know how that goes, man. You read that comic. I read that comic 400 times, right. maybe. I used to read comics every week. I, like just grab my whole stack. And I couldn't look. I couldn't wait till the weekend
1: to just read my stack of comics again every week. Those were good days. Wonder if every comics fan went through that? Because I, I remember that vividly as well. I would just carry them all around because I had like eleven comics to my name yeah. for three months. <laughs> it's like a cyborg hell hell demon.
0: With yeah. a kayfabe halo.
1: Yes, I was going to comment on that. Interesting, interesting character design. Wonder how much of that Alan Moore spells out. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to see a script for this. Whenever we've seen like Dave Gibbons reading out, you know, there's a page description for one ninth of the page, uh, one panel. I wonder what some of these things are like. Every time Billy Kincaid goes to sleep when they're on their uh,
0: their their travels. He's dreaming about his... Pogs. Demise. Yeah, his <laughs> <Pogs>. <laughs> He's dreaming about that demise, man, day in, day out. And it's, you know, it's torturous to him.
1: Look how gnarly and stuff those knuckles are on Spawn. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Todd McFarlane says, draw peanuts for
1: each of the links of those
0: uh, finger knuckles, man. Draw peanuts.
1: We have our first friend dispatched, you know, called possibly to heaven. Uh, but then usually the kid explains where they're actually going to a different sphere for whatever nefarious purpose.
0: Yeah. Our little interlocutor is the little girl, man. And when we've, we've met Billy Kincaid already and we've, we know his history with, uh, children, it is spelled out in captions and things, man. So it kind of leaves you tense the entire time. You you know, you know, there's going to be some conflict there. Uh, as as weird as this might sound to me, this is an iconic image in Spawn comics to me. This this Elvis with the alien antennas, and the cyclopean, uh, Lovecraftian tentacles, scooping up guys.
1: Yeah, like the eyeball like on his back, on his back shoulder of his uh, jumpsuit.
0: It really reads. Strange. I mean, if you were just dropped in cold, and this is the first page that you read. You, you would know that it's one of the British guys wrote this, man. This is like 2000 AD. This is that British magical stuff that those guys possess that us dudes here on the mainland, continental U.S., we don't have this shit No.
1: in our, in our DNA. Love This is a spread where we open with the silhouettes and we end with the reverse silhouettes, white background page, black background page. Nice, nice spread. Again, I wonder who's doing what in this. Like, who's doing the heavy lifting? Is Alan Moore figuring this out? Is he doing is he doing rough page layouts? Like we've heard of that in a lot of his projects. <laughs> with all, we've we've talked with a lot of Alan
0: Moore collaborators uh, on on the channel. They all say the, say the same stuff about the Alan Moore script. That Alan will provide a lot of prose to describe what you are witnessing on the page, but has that little piece at the end where he says, if you can think of a better way to do it, by all means, please do it. I think maybe Todd McFarlane might be the only guy who took him up on that offer. <laughs> <man>.
1: <laughs> and here we go with uh, Kid, Kitty, Killer Kincaid making his move. They're down to the last two people left in this little troop that's been walking through the issue, and she's asleep, so can't help himself. Very disturbing. Yeah. Because
0: it's like, it's like muscular arms, and then it's that paunch
1: and then it's like you know horse horse hoofs you got me on that one but even his head has like it's too big he does a good fat head on on a person because it feels like that head is just too big with flesh extra flesh around that skull right and uh this
0: might be the introduction of those violator brothers you know in in uh in sandman you had the endless and they all had uh, D names, mm-hmm. but in Spawn World, you have uh, whatever, what the hell are these called? The, the Fleabiac Brothers.
1: Jeez. And they all have V names. Enter Vindicator. Fleabiac Brothers. <laughs> if you're sitting around and it's like, you know, we're going to make toys of these guys, we're gonna have spin-off series and stuff, do you stop and think, we're going to need a better name than the <laughs> Brothers? <laughs> How about that for a money shot right in the middle of your book? I, no no artist I liked better the month this was published than Frank Miller, so to get a Frank Miller two-page pinup in that Sin City style in the middle, I was loving it. Were you? Did you have a Sin City
0: style when, around this time? Like I definitely did. Did anybody not have a Sin City? <laughs>
1: Some people were smart enough not to publish it or didn't have the option like myself to publish right. it, but I feel like everybody, everybody dabbled in this once this showed up. The best reign in comics, man. No doubt. Dave Sim, and a poster by Jim Lee next issue, poster by Rob Liefeld. There's a lot of big freaking names on that spread. It's stuff like this
0: that makes me wish that McFarland was, was more of just like the drawer guy and t- took the back seat to, to like a super competent writer. Cause he has a pretty good imagination. Even if Alan Moore is describing stuff,
1: he still has to put pen to paper and, and come up with this. I've heard people talk about like McFarlane Toys because it's just a lot of drawing, you know, developing these stuff things, and that he really shines there. And, and so do all those guys that end up doing a stint there. Uh, you know what's interesting to me in this piece is we've switched now from the Kitty Killer Kincaid point of view shot when he's closing in is you know, closing in on the sleeping girl to now we've we've switched to uh, to the monster that's chasing him. Like it's literally we've turned the tables on Kincaid. It's kind of a neat. Conceit, and that feels like something Alan Moore would have written in the script. Sure, sure. Uh, maybe one of the most ambitious
0: splash pages I've ever seen. Uh, Todd McFarland try his hand at with this infinite staircase. I love it. Good luck, I at dude. Imagine getting that in a script from Alan Moore. There's an infinite staircase that these guys are running up, and our fat dude is running out of gas.
1: Yeah, and there's weird foreshortening, and neither of these characters have your typical figure body that you've learned how to draw your whole career. <laughs> like, you've got to figure out how to bend a violator and a fat dude up on this spiral staircase. And just making up these stairs, like eyeballing this perspective, but it all kind kind of works. It's another good spread, and you see that spiral in like your cloud formations or spheres or whatever those are around the tower that they're now inside of. All right, now let's go through our uh, seven, our eight spheres to get to, uh, Melbogia, It's such a, it's such a funny, like simplification of you're just running up the staircase and it's like, get off on floor two, get off on floor yeah. three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, even Alan Moore is giving Todd McFarlane a little bit of stuff to play with in future issues. You know, when we go to floor seven, like no nobody, nobody goes there uh, so let's go right to eight or you know one of those floors is this way so that leaves you something to explore in a future in a future issue one of the things about kayfabe and anatomy and kind of understanding how things kind of work is when you have like a weird shaped character you sort of know the marks to make to have these intersecting like masses to seem like anatomy if you like to, to feel like there's some underlying structure and, and McFarland is pretty good at that these are strokes I think we would see with uh with a George Perez would do this kind of thing, and it really spoke to those image era guys.
1: It's a it's a cool image too of the uh, the thing that Kincaid's most terrified of is his spawn encounter, and now you've got this living spawn like costume closing in on him. Pretty good. I feel like that's a pretty good sequence. Yeah, yeah. This image is really cool. Like, strikes
0: me as very hard to draw.
1: Never going to complain about uh, outlaw style blood.
0: <laughs> Look at that, man. It looks like the top of his head is peeled off. Yeah. It's all very violent. Malboja is recruiting people, souls, for, for his army. And it's like America in Vietnam. There, there is no, what is it, M4, like the, like the, the guys who, uh, who aren't fit for service. Mm. What do they call that? I know I, know I got that wrong but we're taking on all comers man you got a club foot it doesn't matter we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll find a job for you and that's the deal with uh kitty killer Kincaid here our portly spawn is but another tool in melbogia's army
1: i leave spawn before we see like this pay off but the idea of having like an army of these spawns for whatever to go to war with the angels to invade earth a lot of stuff you could do with this this feels like uh you know you talk about alan moore creating some stuff that that Todd could then develop further. This feels like a pretty nice piece where it's like imagine a thousand or ten thousand spawns what you want to do with them and he kind of sets that up in this issue. He sets it
0: up in this issue I believe to be knocked down in a way by Neil Gaiman who I think the idea of spawn is like there's one every one hundred years or something. That's why you have your gunslinger spawn and, and your medieval spawn and stuff like that. Man, there's you don't see two spawns yeah. fighting one another. Uh, so... It's a schizophrenic
1: comic, man, but that was those 90s. Yeah, no doubt about it. I had to bring this in. This is the uh, Street Angel Billy Kincaid story. Um, Something that's that's all new to me, but from Darkest Image, one of the, uh, like, Image Grand Design stories. And you can do a a flip here. It's just five pages. Barry Tan is the writer-artist. But, of course, you have an ice cream vendor. Street Angel is going to show up there, and uh, whenever he tries to put his moves on, that's not going to work out. Some really nice effects of uh, the cartooning stuff. like the layout, too. reminds me of a, a street angel <laughs> fight I once drew. But uh, she ends up with her payoff. She frees one of the girls that was missing and gets to eat all the ice cream. It's kind of a perfect street angel story. And uh, I was delighted to see we're talking Billy Kincaid. It's a Billy Kincaid Street Angel crossover. Yeah, not
0: bad, man. I would have liked to have seen uh, a little bit more of that flaying. Yeah, may- maybe a different view
1: of that from the uh, from the back or the front, where you get to see him actually uh, th- that sword cutting in half and her peering through, him, maybe. But it is a young adult comic, and kids are That's pretty uh, chicken-hearted these days, so you don't want to go too violent y- on the uh, on the Street Angel can't stuff. Can't go too hard. <laughs> there is an eyeball popping out, though. <laughs> yeah.
0: There it is, man. The Alan Moore issue of uh, of Spawn, where we see uh, what happens. In uh, the pits of Hill with uh, the finger painter himself, the ice cream man Billy Kincaid, the first uh, Spawn issue written by uh, a guest writer, and uh, you know, it was a comic. It was a Alan Moore gig. He was uh, expressing in interviews and stuff that he was interested in trying to play with that style of 1990s image comic. Like, let me do a bunch of big panels, try to communicate something, uh, try to give these kids what they want. And uh, you know his image comics, I read them. Yeah, did a bunch of
1: those. Like that was his for return everybody. to superhero comics.
0: Yeah, did a bunch for everybody, man. He did some Rob Liefeld Youngbloods. He did, uh, he did Wildcats comics, um,
1: v- Violator. He oh did yeah, crossovers with with these characters. Yeah, he did several, man. He did Violator. He did uh, Blood Feud, I think. Yeah, Tony Daniel on the art, and I think I think the original comics have Alan Moore like layouts in the back. Man. Oh, that's sick, man.
0: That's sick. So there it that's is. That's true. Man. That's
1: probably worth a look at some point. K. Okay, Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell will notify you when new vids are available. What is out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design. Tell your local comic shop to pre-order that thing right now. Want to get those numbers through the roof show marvel what the kayfabe effect is all about so if you plan on buying hulk grand design on 316 let your comic shop know immediately to uh, pre-order a copy for you and you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to see some behind the scenes on how i put hulk grand design together
0: red room the anti-social network is out on the stands right now get your hands on it uh that is the precursor for red room trigger warnings which is going to be coming out march 9th uh, March 2022 is the is the month of kayfabe in the comic book uh, store has been. Uh, trigger warnings issue number one is going to be coming out uh, March 9th. Every issue of that will be self-contained. That complete story is on my Patreon right now at this moment. I put up new strips every Tuesday. You can get to links to all of our stuff in uh, our link trees in the description below this video what else do we have out there jimmy
1: subscribe to the cartoonist KFabe e-newsletter at the links below this video you can also find cartoonist KFabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video given
0: those martian orders we're going to be on our way. read more
1: comics